I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Eyes are itchy. Why? Okay. Don't know. <laughs> Allergies? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Itchy as fuck. Wait, are we starting with that? I mean, we, yeah, I guess so. This is important medical. It's medical. Stuff. It's medical related. You need yeah. you need to give me some sort of content that I can use for the thumbnail now and a title, and this now has to be a bit. So, <laughs> okay. what do you got? You know well, here I got something for you. I'm, I'm itchy too. You know what? You know what's itchy? You know what I'm itchy? I hope Where I'm itchy. Wait, in itching to get into genitals. You know, itch, you have a genital itch. The topic. Hey, for today? itching to get to the episode, but also my butthole's busy. <laughs> hey, uh, but I am itching to get to this fucking craziness coming out of uh, the New York Times and pretty much everywhere. Itching to be bitching. I don't know if this means that there potentially has been a cure to a cancer found. Oh yeah, but it sure sounds something like it. Pretty I've promising. heard. I've heard about this. Like yes. in it's it's in the medical sort of. Like new, it's it's running the medical news front page headlines right now. Yeah. It's uh, colorectal cancer, right? That's right. It was uh-huh. a small trial uh, with just eighteen rectal cancer patients, every one of whom took the same drug. Okay, but the results were astonishing. The cancer vanished in every single patient, undetectable by phys- physical exams, endoscopies, PET scans, or MRI scans. Whoa. Yeah, and everybody. Yeah, uh, Dr. Louis Crazy. A. Diaz Jr. of Memorial, uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, an author of a paper published Sunday in the New England Journal of Medicine, describing the results, which were sponsored by the drug company GlaxoSmithKline, said he knew of no other study in which a treatment completely obliterated a cancer in every patient. Yeah. Man, that is that is crazy. The one thing that the, like the skepticism they, was about the size of the trial. Because it was so small, it eighteen was, it was people. So, so people, but the but the fact that, that all eighteen, yeah. like, that's a that's wild. The, th- yeah. the thing that I immediately think of is like is like all of the people who are living with cancer right now, and like how hopeful this news would yeah. be, but also how like like the trial was successful, but now all of like the red tape and sort of subsequent yeah. trials that will have to happen. Well, it's like uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but like. COVID. Fucking, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Like five years ago, maybe there was a, I think it was while we were doing this podcast. Maybe it was before, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was during the time. But there was a kid, I think he was from Toronto. And he was, he was doing his like high school science fair. On and, CF. And, and he did it on CF. And he basically. Dude, that was like. child. That was when we, that was the year we met. Yes. And it was, and the kid basically like. 12 years ago. Came up with the concept of like modulator drugs and i don't know where like man we should really look into that kid again because 
if he played an, an integral role in things like or or Camby and 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 Kalidico and Trikafta, like that kid's yeah. fucking do, doing okay, something. Okay. You know? Do you guys think this is maybe a bit of a maybe I'm put, putting on my tinfoil hat for this one a little bit? But do you think with Please a kid do. that young, do you think that perhaps a parent or relative or somebody was actually the person who's the brains behind this, but and putting in the order kid out there so that like Pfizer right? kills him, the kid, and not the brains, <laughs> dude. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. It's <laughs> yeah, I'm with it's you. Risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. risky to come forward. Yeah, you don't want to come cure. forward with a cure because yeah. big pharma they'll yeah. fucking take they you out. Take and you that's out. why, like, this is what's yeah. the the great filter. Yes, it, this is like the great filter for all these <laughs> yeah. drugs and yeah. research is that they just murder yeah. people who are yeah. coming forward 100%. with the cures. But 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 actually, like, like, do you think not actually actually, but is it possible? That his parents were like, hey, it would be better for marketing this drug if we were like, our son came up with this. I mean, not, then- not possible. It's, it's, it's guaranteed. guaranteed. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, he's a kid. Um, <laughs> like, there's no fucking way a kid is that smart. What were you guys yeah. doing when you were 16? Fucking trying to touch uh, a boob and like throwing boobs. rocks at cars. Yeah. <laughs> like that's literally it. Throwing rocks yeah. at cars. Dude, you're so Sackville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So um, We so, threw snowballs at cars. <laughs> Dr. Diaz did, said, yeah. uh, I believe this is the first time that this has happened in the history of cancer. Dr. Alan P. Venick, uh, a colorectal cancer specialist at the University of California, San Francisco, who is not involved with the study said he also thought this was a first. A complete remission in every single patient is unheard of, he said. You should set up a Google News alert with this guy's name so that we yeah. can see if he mysteriously vanishes in the next few <laughs> yeah. months. Yeah. These rectal <laughs> cancer patients had faced grueling treatments, chemotherapy, radiation, and most likely life-altering surgery that could result in bowel, urinary, and sexual dysfunction. Some would need colostomy bags. They entered the study thinking that when it was over, they would have to undergo those procedures because no one really expected their tumors to just fucking vanish. Uh, but they got a surprise. No further treatment was necessary. It's, it's, um, it's wild to think of that, though, because uh, this past week was uh, Brandon Thomas's birthday. Yes. And so it's been a, uh, four years since he passed away. Yeah. For people who don't know, new listeners, Brandon Thomas, a good friend of ours. We had him on the show when he was just a wee little tot and mm. uh, and became very close friends with him. He eventually passed to his cancer. And so I think of um, the times when he went to the States for these um, like trial to receive like experimental yeah. trial medications and like, th- like being part of a <clears throat> test like that is like, that's your hope. Like, yeah, totally. like, like it's, it's so unlikely because it's never d- been done before yet is it possible that one of these drugs will eventually... But the interesting thing about this one, I believe, is that it was specifically done with people who, like, weren't so far down the rabbit hole of, like, chasing hope. Right. You know, like, they weren't... They they hadn't gone through every option and were just going, well, it's either I... It's either... They weren't at the point where it's either an experimental drug works or I'm or I die. They still had the like, um, they still had the op like the surgery options and like that mm-hmm. that was still in front of them. And this got this this was something that I think was specifically designed or in the trial was designed to take it before they got to that place where they had right. to go through all of these really invasive surgeries yeah. and treatments and stuff. Which is which even kind of says more about it. That 
it's <laughs> it's not something that you take when yeah. all else fails. All hope is lost. But yeah. it's something that you could take. You know, I mean, again, it's a small trial, and they're going to have to replicate it over and over again. And it's probably going to be years before you see it. You, we see it used for for a colorectal cancer in you know in, in a hospital setting, um, but it does have similar feelings to Kaleidico. Yes, whereas yeah. Kaleidico was for a, a specific yeah. um, uh, a mutation of CF, yeah. which was like which a, a fair, have, well, a I wouldn't sp- be able to take. Right, you yeah. couldn't take it. Wouldn't it was going to help you, yeah. but it 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 helped this like subset, and it was laying the foundation for what would for become Tricafta, yeah. which you can take. Another surprise in this whole thing, Doctor Vanuk added, um, was that none of the patients had clinically significant complications. So on average, one in five patients have some sort of adverse reaction to drugs, like the one the patients took, uh, Dostarlimab, known as checkpoint inhibitors. The medication was given every three weeks for six months and cost about $11,000 per dose. It unmasks cancer cells, allowing the immune system to identify and destroy them. While most adverse reactions are easily managed, as many as 3% to 5% of patients who take checkpoint inhibitors have more severe complications that, in some cases, result in muscle weakness, difficulty swallowing, and chewing. The absence of significant side effects, Dr. Venuk said, means, quote, Either they did not treat enough patients or somehow these cancers are just plain different. Uh, in an editorial accompanying the paper, Dr. Hannah K. Sanoff of the University of North Carolina's Lindberger Comprehensive Cancer Center, who was not involved in the study, called it, quote, small but compelling. She added, though, that it is not clear if the patients are cured. Quote, very little is known about the duration time needed to find out whether a clinical complete response to Dostar Limab equates to to a cure, uh, she said in the editorial. So that's um, I mean, fuck crazy. It would be yeah, we're like we we could be on the cusp of something. And you know, it's it's like when when you have something like this for something so specific to colorectal cancer. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a researcher. I'm not a doctor. But let's hear your take, though. My guess would be that it would if this works this way, that this opens the the doors to use uh, similar techniques or similar, similar tactics to, to, can't, to, to battle other types of cancer. For right? sure, dude. It's, it's like, a, it makes me think of like, a, like solving a Sudoku. Yeah. Like you, like yes. it's, it gets easier to solve the Sudoku when you get yeah. more numbers. Yes. Like you get one number and then it's like, oh, fuck. Or well, now this, now this opens up a, yeah. a bunch of other paths or possibilities. Yeah. But the shitty thing about Sudoku is if you make one wrong move oh. and you make other decisions based off that wrong move oh, shit. and you only yeah. realize that Fuck. many moves down the line, fucked. then it becomes very hard to recognize where you made the wrong move. Then you're riddled with cancer. Exactly. Yeah. And then everyone has cancer. You know, putting the tinfoil hat back on for a second here in terms of cancer. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Guys, if there's one thing that I would be tinfoil hatty about, it's finding a cancer cure. I know because yeah. it is dude, a lot of money made the machine of yeah. cancer. Yeah. There's so many cancers yeah. and we can't cure really any of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <clears throat> I mean, there are cancers that are like, eh, that's, then, a, good, again, that's a good, quote unquote, yeah. good cancer. Like we, have, you know, we have a lot of tools to combat yeah. them, but all the tools cost money. Like there's then again, so the, the, much money in but, cancer, but, but the cost that a patient, you know, taxes the, the healthcare system and the government, like 
You know, yeah, yeah. I think like the pharmaceutical companies are going to go. We don't want to cure. Well, I think but the government's going to be like, but we want to cure. I think it'd be gonna, less and, of a and problem. We're going to see like a civil war between. It'd be less of a problem the, in the Canada. Corporations and the man. <laughs> but I think know? it would be a problem in the U.S. The man and the man. Yeah, because like it's such a business. It's such that's a, a mo- business. That's a movie right there. But it, the man versus the man. But but it's yeah. interesting government because versus pharmaceutical companies. Because like with any innovation, like really the answer is if you don't change. Like there's always that that sort of. Um, like a uh, challenge in, in sort of getting to the change, like the resistance to get to the change. But like, if you don't reskill workers or reskill, per- like reskill or retool the purpose of, of these organizations, like think of like the um, Canadian cancer society, for example, imagine cancer is, is fully cured and eradicated. Like what happens to that organization. A lot well, of jobs lost. Well, it's possible that it's possible that people will still get cancer and are diagnosed with it and are then cured, but then there could be like an emotional toll of yeah. of like even just getting that diagnosis and dealing with it and so but the emotional you know, maybe, toll would change when it's not going to kill you anymore. That's possible, right. yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. All you right, know, fuck but, it. I'm it, putting but, my tin hat on with you. <laughs> but it is a lot it, it's it's it, I could see it being similar to the way that it's so hard to get away from oil and gas. It's like we know it's not great. We know it's, you know, the, 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 where the analogy doesn't line up is that cancer isn't useful, um, whereas oil and gas well, is, is useful. To, it is to vertex. <laughs> right, yeah, right. It's useful to pharmaceutical companies. But like oil and gas is so hard to get off of, even though we know it's bad because it's, it's such a gigantic part of, the, of basically everybody's economy. That's where the money comes in, though, right? The money comes in with the, with the cure. They, so, so they're going, oh, well, we cured the cancer. So you got to just make money the, off that. You got to so make the cure really expensive. We're going to make the cure really expensive. Okay. You know, it's like Trikafta. Yeah. You know, they're going, hey, we're not going to cure CF. But, but Trikafta must be expensive because there's just like, there's not that, even though CF is common, there's not that many people that yes. got CF. It, but you, yes, but then, right. but then why don't they just take those people? CF like they, is actually isn't common. It's the most it's common the most genetic common, yeah. disease in children, but it's, it's actually a rare so, disease. So yeah. why, don't, why wouldn't they just be like, okay, Canadian Cancer Society, you are now going to help with diabetes. And just like that whole thing <laughs> yeah, just like we need to shift, slides yeah. over. We need to retool you into extra another. Pool, like yeah. extra people, extra yeah, people yeah. solving the Sudoku and, yeah. uh, and it'll happen faster, yeah. right? Uh, check this shit out. <laughs> this is cool too. Uh, in, you know, uh, talking about uh, the medical advancements. Uh, this is a 3D printed ear made of human cells. It's a cute little ear. Think Dude, about how I many fighters. The, uh, I saw the Jerry News thing on this, man. This is crazy. Yeah. So this is uh, this is a 20 year old woman who was born with a small and missed happened ear, right ear, has received misshapen. Um, yes, yeah, sorry, misshapen right ear has received a 3D printed ear implant made from her own cells. Uh, that the the manufacturer announced on Thursday. Independent experts said that the transplant, part of the first clinical trial of a successful medical application of this technology, was a stunning advance in the field of tissue engineering. I love that it's her own cells. That's really neat. The new ear was printed in a shape that precisely matched the woman's left ear, according to 3D Bio Therapeutics, a regenerative medicine company based in Queens, the new ear transplanted in March will continue to regenerate cartilage tissue, giving it a, the look and feel of a natural ear, the company said. It's <laughs> definitely a big deal, said Adam Feinberg, a professor of biomedical engineering and material science and engineering at Carnegie Mellon University. Guys, Dr. Feinberg, who is not affiliated with 3D Bio, is a co-founder of Fluidform, a regenerative medicine <laughs> company that also uses 3D printing. He says, quote, 
It shows the technology that this technology is not an if anymore, but a when. Guys, is this is this now like if if this is commercialized, is this just turning everybody into Mr. Potato Head? Like, can we just start like we could plug in playing like yeah whatever whatever sort of different yeah ornamental you don't facial like your feature nose, you want? Lop the fucker off. We yeah. printed one for you, and it's a better shape. Yeah, but do you, we already yeah. do that shit. We do, yeah, but but uh, yeah, but but, but, but not but, with but like not, the whole but, thing, you know, and not with three D printing. We do that with yeah. like doctors that like man. Have you seen like, have you seen some nose job videos? It's no. wild what they can do. Like and you elective, can't even tell. Like you elective nose yeah, jobs or yeah. like or like necessary. No, no, like elective. And you you mean like have you watched the procedure or no, like I, the before and after? Is, no, I'd like to see the procedure because the before yeah. and after is what blows me away. Because you look at these faces and you go, how on earth did they do that without leaving scars? Like how do you how d- is that all internal? Like they're not cutting. On the yeah, outside, yeah, I don't right? know. Like, how, how are they? Are. How are they shaping those noses? A nose is a is a really defining facial feature yes. too, right? Like, yeah. it, it can really like your nose can change. Yeah, well, you see, like nose jobs, nose job noses are are typically like very sharp. They've yeah, got a, they've got a sharpness to them. Well, I've yeah. seen I've seen some that look that don't have that look. You know what I mean? Because like, like. Uh, I, I saw this video the other day. It was like before and after. And it was like people, it was, it was in particular, it was women. And we showed two of them and they had like quite long noses. And like before? This, yeah, before. And then they got them shaped up and it was like this little petite nose, but it what, didn't have that like Michael Jackson point, you know? Well, because when you can make, because when you can make such a, a weird look. Because I think what, I think <laughs> what's really hard is if you get in like an accident or something and you have a trauma and you need like a reconstructive surgery on your nose, for example you like the trauma is like it's like an explosion on your face whereas in a in a surgery setting you're you know the cut that you're making to do that work is like with a scalpel that is so sharp that those those separations like where the skin separates like i'm sure that has a lot to do with it it's like if a, it's like I don't it's like they, when when somebody gets they, a c-section it's like yeah. you can't see where somebody maybe they go in through the I nostril think they do it through, yeah i think it's internal i think it's like about breaking bones and shifting cartilage on the inside you gotta shave bone you gotta shave bones too and shit yeah, i'm oh, sure which oh. i'm sure they can do on the inside oh, that's crazy wow. I mean, I don't, again i don't know but. brian said this we were talking about this the other day uh, when we were in the hot tub the other day you said something uh, we were talking about something and you were like Maybe it was Dennis and I. Something along the lines of like how, how, uh, the future of being able to like regenerate and bubble and you know, grow a limb, grow an ear, and um, and I think we were talking about me getting hit by a car, maybe. And I was like, and we were like, we already we already do basically. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> we the, really do regenerate. The, I think incredibly uh, well. I think one of you guys um posted this in the in the Slack when this article came up. Um, but you mentioned why did the guy have the dick grown on his arm that yeah. we talked about a few right. weeks ago? Yeah, when you can three D print this, now shit, we can three like, D print it. Yeah, yeah. dude, you know, you know, I like that wasn't available. You know, when you get like, yeah. you know, when you get yeah. a when you get a product, and it's like the newest product, but you were totally unaware that that company is about to launch a new version of it's that in like two weeks, and you had no idea, yeah. and then you see it, and you're like, oh fuck, I would have waited. That's like that. <laughs> yeah. This guy got his. This guy got the dick grown on his arm, and for then months. And then he saw this, and he was like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> ah, fuck. Yeah. yeah, I could have just had and, and it again. It could have been his own cells, his own. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. his mom yeah. wouldn't have had to offer. Yeah, to grow it on her arm. Um, here's a here's a fun little video about um, about uh, medical speak. This is not English. If you're not in medicine, try reading this. What do you think this means? 
77-year-old male came over, son of a bitch, salt and pepper, penis clean-ish, performed <laughs> Macarena. His heart froze, really excited for this, to determine my heart tickler's necessity. Could have already died. <laughs> hey, so what? For, so, for people, so for people to, that, uh, the, you got to see it, to, to, so if you're not watching on YouTube, um, there is, it, it, this is what like charting looks like in hospitals, right? So they'll say 77-year-old male. Right, but they write it down seven seven Y O M L M A L E, and then they have C dash O, S O B, S dash P, P C I comma P M H colon H F dash E E T two D M H T N comma C A D. And so all that is just is just a breakdown of like medical lingo to to basically say a bunch of things about this patient, but it's all abbreviated to little like shorthand. Yeah. And this guy, this guy made this video was like, oh, how the fuck can anyone like understand medical speak? This is insane. And some guy just took <laughs> all the things that were written out and he just put together his own <laughs> interpretation of what it meant. So, so now that you know that, uh, just listen to it one more time. This is not English. If you're not in medicine, try reading this. What do you think this means? 77-year-old male came over, son of a bitch, salt and pepper, penis clean-ish, performed <laughs> Macarena. His heart froze, really excited for this to determine my heart tickler's necessity. Could have already died. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Uh, that's funny. Oh, Maddie funny. sent that to me and said, this is Jer trying to read medical jargon on Feel Good Fridays. Slew-f-morse-milab? My favorite part was penis clean-ish. <laughs> PCI. Yeah. Penis um, clean-ish. You imagine if like, it's like, what would, yeah, so what would you do if somebody handed you your own medical chart? You just look at it going. I don't fucking so know. This. I I want mine because uh, so my family doctor who I don't even like I don't even it feels weird calling him that because I haven't seen him in years, and uh, so he just retired and like you basically if you want your charts then you can go to and pay them like fifty bucks for it or whatever yeah and they put it on like a, a USB stick yeah and give a, it to you not a CD. No, not they. Fortunately, I think they stopped burning them to CDs uh, six months ago. That's awful. And recently, just stopped faxing them. Which actually, they might they still fax probably them. Probably still fax <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, you can go and get your charts. And I, and I'm curious. Well, I was curious before I saw this video because I was like, I wonder what. what I wonder says. what it says. It yeah. Says that shit. And it says that shit. And yeah. I'm now I now I know it's not worth it's the not fifty bucks because no. I'll yeah. have to like Google every acronym yeah. and be like, That'd what be like is going this? and buying. A, or you could send it to me and I'll show it to Kira and she'll go, Oh, I, I know what all this says. That'd be like, yeah, it's it'd, true, it'd be like buying a book in fucking Mandarin. Yeah, actually, and expecting yeah. to be able to read it. Yeah. Um, here's a story. <laughs> it's 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 an unfortunate story. This is from uh, the BBC. Uh, Frank Gardner, he said, quote, it happened again. Uh, why are wheelchair users being left on planes? So if you use Twitter, you may have what? seen Frank Gardner tweet his frustration at being left on a plane at the weekend after Heathrow Airport failed to deliver his wheelchair to him when he landed. It's a problem a lot of wheelchair users have faced, but what causes it? Uh, quote, it happened again, stuck on an empty plane at Heathrow Airport long after everyone else is off. Frank angrily typed on Sunday night from a runway at the UK's largest airport, having arrived from Estonia via Helsinki. Quote, no staff to get my wheelchair off the plane. I'm so disappointed. Here's the photo. So it's, it's kind of a funny photo. Oh. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, it's not funny, 
but it's it is funny. Like it's you know what I mean. It looks yeah. like uh, it looks like he's on a Zoom meeting and he's just got an airplane background. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, yeah. dude! It's so it definitely <laughs> looks like an inserted background. Yeah. Dude, that's what the flights looked like when uh, COVID started. Is that is that somebody way 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 back or no? Uh, that's a, that's someone tough. cleaning. That's a clean. That's cleaning staff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the security correspondence tweet was liked forty three thousand four hundred times as followers sympathized or expressed their shock at the incident. While many wheelchair users told the BBC's Access All podcast they have uh, they had often experienced similar incidents, Heathrow Airport cited COVID nineteen as the problem. Uh, ben Ferner experienced the same thing just weeks earlier at a different British airport. He was left on a plane while someone went in search for his mobility. Guys, I don't know about uh, I can't imagine that the UK is so dramatically different from Halifax <laughs> in the way that uh, if you're walking around Halifax. You wouldn't know that COVID exists. Yeah. That's like true. from a social standpoint, it's yeah. not like COVID. It's like, like okay, how is COVID sure. preventing you yeah. from making sure the yeah. fucking guy's it's wheelchair like, is where it needs to be? It's not like there's fucking, it's not like people are running around with their heads cut off like fucking chickens yeah. because COVID's happening. Yeah. Yeah. That, I would also, that is a bullshit excuse. I would sure. also think, so from my understanding, when a plane lands and the passengers um, get off the plane, don't they do a pass through to like, you know, check and see if anything was forgotten, do a clean, like the cleaning crew comes on. Like how, I don't understand how people, like it, it seems to me that the plane is almost never sitting there totally empty without anybody in it. Yeah. You know, like there's usually like Very a rarely. cleaning person or cabin crew or like some sort of person around that would be like, Hey, what about this guy? I mean, it's not surprising to me. It's, it really doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, it's a fucking <clears throat> airports, man. Air, airports are, airports yeah. are just like, I mean, fuck, dude, airports are just always just fucking crazy. Like, yo, dude, super just, crazy. Remember the last time, we, one time we were in an airport and you were just clipping your toenails at the gate? Hey, dude, like, yeah. I wasn't it's clipping wild, my toenails yeah. at the it's gate. The wild I goddamn west. It wasn't clipping my toenails yeah. at the gate. We were at an un. We were at a gate that was empty, <laughs> yeah. and we had been traveling for a very long time, right, right. and we were in, and there was nobody around. Sure, sure. And helmets don't save lives, right? Okay, <laughs> guys. Uh, honestly, between the two of you <laughs> traveling, so we have a, a live shows coming up in Calgary and Vancouver, and possibly Edmonton. <laughs> don't in, even in fucking September. bring up my coffee. Thing. And the that fact has nothing to do that with I anything. have to travel with both of you again, and I'm going to be sit standing in the airport watching you hide your fucking coffee cup in planter pots <laughs> as you go be, That's and watching so you reasonable. sit and clip your fucking toenails. <laughs> no, I I have a much better. I have a much oh, no. Man. And what is it? My toenails, my fingernails. Much different story. No, and it I was, was your feet. toenails. It was your, it was your nasty ass no. fucking You'd Frodo your looking socks feet. Off. No. Yes, man. Yes. No. Yes. At least photo least, evidence. Least, photo evidence. Uh, at the next I think time. there's a video somewhere. There is a video. Jared, dig it up. Dig Jared, it up. Jared, <laughs> yeah, Jared, at least for your benefit, Taylor can watch your coffee cup while you go pee this time while he clips his toenails. I want to fucking find this. You're right not going to get it right now. I, I can tell you <laughs> right, now, right now because I know, I know where Dude, it lives. That li was like four years ago. I know where it lives, and I'm going to hey, repost it. No, no, it's send it archive. to me if you're watching yeah, on yeah, YouTube right yeah. now. Jared, after this, send it to me, I and I'll I will put oh, it in this yeah, video. Yeah. You guys are crazy. Uh, so now. Ben, the guy that also experienced this, he said uh, it had been agreed that the mo mobility scooter would have been made available to me at the entrance of the plane, but there was nobody to fetch it. So uh, fetch it up. So I was, so I was left. Uh, he offered. He was offered the use of an airport wheelchair and told he could go to baggage reclaim uh, to collect his scooter. But Ben explains that this is unacceptable. Wheelchairs are often customized and built to personal specifications, and a generic ill-fitting wheelchair won't necessarily support someone in a safe or comfortable way. 
In the end, when the crew boarded the plane to prepare for the next flight and found Ben still sitting there, the captain intervened and arranged for his scooter to be retrieved. Quote, I was lucky because the captain took a personal and direct interest. Uh, That, of course, shouldn't be required. According to the Civil Aviation Authority, the UK's regulator, the the responsibility lies with with, with the airport to provide assistance to passengers when they're on the ground. That includes retrieving wheelchairs from the hold and returning them to passengers who have landed. So, so he, okay, so now this is making more sense now. I was like, oh, no one sent out a message to send somebody with an airport wheelchair. That's what I thought happened. No, no, no. So, so his so, wheelchair yes. was in the cargo, like his own power wheelchair or scooter. That's Ben. That, that's uh, this other guy, Ben. Yes, that's and, his case. And then he, and then that probably, instead of being brought up to him, was probably like put out with the with a regular. It was like or oversized shit. luggage tossed right. it on the fucking conveyor belt. Yeah. Right. So then okay. somebody would have to go get a yes. airport wheelchair and then take okay. it to that. Now, when the system doesn't work or the communication breaks down, it's frustrating, obviously, and it's not always a one-off. Quote, this is now the fourth time this has happened to me in just over four years, Frank size. Uh, Heathrow Airport says it wants all passengers to have a seamless journey, and it was disappointed for Frank. Quote, we apologize for this, it said, citing COVID-19 and the subsequent impact as the reason. As the airport rebuilds post-pandemic, all organizations across the airport are scaling up resources so that we can get back to operating at a more normal level as quickly as possible. The, the Fortunately, truth is, the, the delay Mr. Gardner experienced was a result of the airline's ground handling agents struggling with a uh, colleague shortfall. Yeah, I was so going to say short staff. I, I was going to say right. that is a. I that, actually that's the COVID thing. I had a uh, meeting with the airport here um, recently for the uh, Canoe Twenty Two event that's happening. Long story short, I'm involved with the Canoe Kayak World Championships that are happening this summer in Halifax, and um, they were saying that like airports around the world are under understaffed, mm-hmm. um, and you know flights are being canceled or uh, massively delayed, and obviously not an excuse for this situation, but like having a severely understaffed airport, you can see how you know problems what, like uh, that would happen. You know which what is needs to do <clears throat> is what I do when I fly with my bike. Since I had it lost, uh, I put a uh, one of those uh, tags, those like uh, air tags, uh, yeah, on it, and then and then if it's, I I just regularly ch- regularly check it to see that it's moving along, and especially when I'm like at the gate, I'm checking like is it is it out on the fucking baggage that's at my gate or is it still. Like, am I about to board yeah. this flight and it's like on the other at, at another terminal somewhere? And then I and then I can go to the gate agent and say, yo, I can see that my my bike is not here and mm-hmm. I need it. So air tag on the so on you're the saying it's Ben's fault. So then no, I'm saying that as soon as as <laughs> soon as fault. as soon as someone's as soon as someone is not taking it where it needs to go, you know, immediately and you can you can alert that right away. <laughs> You'd be the most annoying customer, Taylor, coming up to the gate like 30 minutes before your flight being like, I can still see that my bike is not here, Kyla. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And they're yeah. like, they're like, my yeah. name is, I say Al- it to Kyla Alfred. and then yeah. I say, I'll tell Kyla to relay my message yeah. for me. <laughs> and she does. And she does. Um, um, actually, probably to your benefit because she would be more calm. But actually, I did, I did, I did do that once and it, and it was not going to be on the plane and it got on the plane. And they were like, sorry, sir. Good job. Yeah, because I was yeah. like, I I said, what's the baggage loading situation? Because I can see that my bike is like way the fuck over here. 
and I've it looks like all the everything's been loaded. And they were like, "Oh shit, let me look into that." Realized that it didn't get on the luggage with the with everything else. And you were and using then, an Apple AirTag. Uh, it wasn't an Apple AirTag. It was a, it's another pro- like tile. A, yeah, right. Same right. Yeah, right. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Um, here's, a, here's an interesting article. Um, uh, kill Japan's elderly. Huh. Kane film probes a chilling idea. So a Japanese filmmaker is shaking the Kane, uh, or sorry, Khan film audience to its core, which happened just a few weeks ago, I, I believe, uh, with a dystopian vision of her country in which old people agree to be euthanized to solve the challenge of a rapidly aging population. Dude, this is uh, midsummer. It's called Plan Seventy Five <laughs> by Japanese director and writer uh, Chi. Hayakawa is based on a very real problem. Japan is the most rapidly aging industrial society, a trend that is causing huge economic and political problems as a dwindling number of younger people must support a growing army of the old. Kind of something we talked about with, uh, with uh, what's her name? I believe it was Sarah from the, the, demographer, uh, from the, the demographer from the UN. Uh, close to 30% of Japan's population is over 65. Uh, the majority women. And that rate is expected to continue rising in coming decades. In the movie, anybody over 75, like Midsommar, is encouraged to sign up for a deal with the government by which they receive a sum of money in return for agreeing to be euthanized. A collective funeral is thrown in for free. Slick ad campaigns and calls from people with soothing voices are a part of the effort to get people to sign up. Handsome advisors list the small pleasures candidates could afford with the money. You'll be able to go to the restaurant, says one. On the face of it, the government's plan 75 is full of goodwill and friendliness and pragmatism. But in truth, it is both very cruel and shameful. Uh, Hayawaka told AFP in an interview, quote, the aging aging of the population is not a recent problem. I've always heard people discussing it, she said. When I was young, a long life was considered to be a good thing. People had respect for older people. That's no longer the case, the 45-year-old director added. Plan 75, uh, Hayakawa's first feature-length film, is full of slow sequences with minimal camera movement. Quote, I wanted the images to be aesthetic and beautiful, as well as cold and cruel, just like the plan itself. Asked how close to Japan's uh, today... Asked how close to today's Japan, Japanese uh, reality her scenario is, Hayakawa quickly answered 8 out of 10. She said the interviewed, she, she said she interviewed older people as part of her research for the movie and discovered that many found merit with the idea of buying financial security with their willingness to end their life. Quote, it would alleviate the stress of wondering how they could survive once they are alone. Choosing the moment and the method of their death could be very reassuring, she said. I thought in, in Japanese culture specifically that it was like really dishonorable to take your own life. 
Uh, I think that the you might be off on. I think that. it's the opposite. Yeah, it's, it's like, honorable it's, too. It's if I, you. It's I mean, well, they're like the it's uh, so, what's it, it's called the uh, seppuku. It's like the the act of taking your life if you have if dishonored you dishonored yourself or and, your and, family. Yeah, or right. Like which is like the honorable thing to do. Um, Tokyo Vice. Did you watch it all? Yep. Fuck, man. So good. Such so a good, good show. Yeah. Folks, watch Don't Tokyo say Vice. I've been meaning to watch it. It's so yeah, good. It's really good. Uh, she said the approach would find support among the younger generations, too. If such a plan was on the table today, I believe that many people would accept it, even welcome it as a viable solution, she said. Most young people worry already what the end of their life will look like. Will their basic needs be met? Can they survive once they live alone? Can they afford to age, she said. Instead of blaming the government, Hayawaka said many young people were resentful of the old. They are frustrated and angry because they work hard to support the elderly, but they think that when it's their turn, there may be nobody to support them, she said. What worries me a lot is that we're in a social reality that would very much favor such a radical solution. It's scary. Hayawaka said her film did not presume to offer a solution to handling the age crisis. Quote, but an honest assessment of where we are today could already be a key step, she said. I think I really um, want to see this movie. I think there's a um I was thinking about this today for for I don't know why I was thinking about this but I was thinking about the amount of things that you are capable of accomplishing in a day because of uh technology and the resources yes. that we have at our fingertips to do things. And so because we become more capable to do more things, then the expectation is that we do more things and um and that is much different from previous generations. You know, like if you were going to go back two generations to our uh, grandparents, the expectation of the amount of things that were accomplished in the run of the day were far fewer. Not necessarily that they were easier because you had to do, you had to do less things in a much harder way, mm-hmm. but that there was fewer things to, to, to do. Um, and, and I think that that is a much less mentally taxing environment to be in. Mm-hmm. When there's fewer things, fewer things that take longer. And when we live in the world that we live in with technology and the capacity to do technology. a thousand things mm-hmm. a day, then squeeze it. Thinking about taking care of people becomes much harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I think about the example. So it's, it's also funny when you think about like the work week. So like arbitrarily, we work five days a week and have two days as a weekend in a typical work week. Um, that, that was just made up. Somebody just decided yeah. that some yeah. at some point in time and we adopted that and that's how it was. The work six, well, it was six days. And so it was seven days. And, well, it's actually been and some companies now are experimenting with four day work weeks. Do you, but, do you know the China? Do you know the China uh, rule? It's called nine. It's called uh, uh, nine, nine. Six, no. nine to nine, six days a week. No, that's, that's how much the, that's work. the expectation They're, in like the tech sector in China. Is okay, nine, is the nine, nine nine six rule? That's really funny. So I, I have a similar rule, which is uh, sixty nine seven three sixty seven oh. or, or, or three sixty five uh, sixty. Sixty nine three six five. Yeah, that's it. Three. Sixty nine three Sixty nine every yeah. day of the year. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, 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 well, it's actually six nine. K T D A three six five. So so three sixty nine. Um um. I had keeps some, the doctor away. Something valuable that I had here. No, you're val- no, you're. I forget valuable. what it was. No, no. I, I think it was. Um, the point was is is that so 
So we work for this arbitrary amount of time. But uh, as people have, as technology has advanced and we're able to do more, we've never shortened the workday. We just keep it the same. We are expected to do more, like you're saying, Taylor. Um, it's never been more apparent to me than when I worked in real estate and we were adopting this new um, technology platform for the industry in Nova Scotia. Knowledge. And um, I was training some of the older realtors in my office. And I was, my, my boss said to me, you should be working like eight to 10 hours a day in the beginning, at least to start to build your business. And, you know, you'll be paid for the, basically rewarded for the time that you invest in it because it's your own personal um, business. But it always blew my mind because other agents who were just starting, who just happened to be older, the average age of a realtor in Nova Scotia is like 56. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yes. And I feel so, like any, the only people who sell homes are under 30. I think it's because I think it's because the people who are experiencing success are younger because it's becoming social more, media. Because you need more, you need technology to yeah. sort of do marketing, branding, yeah, and yeah, file yeah. the administrative side of things now. And I remember sitting with an agent who had just started as well, who was there in the office working every day, all day, working really hard, but would take four or five hours to do something on the computer that would take me 15 minutes to do. And I was like, whoa, okay. Like, this is crazy. Like I, like if I show up here for 15 minutes, it's basically like me working, you know, half a day relative to this other person. And the, the crazy thing is though, is like when you say, when you say that um, working longer and on, on specific tasks and doing fewer tasks, then you would be able to be less stressed. I actually feel the opposite about that because for me, I need constant change or like something to grab my attention unless I'm like hyper-focused on something. So, But have you zoomed out and applied that to the average person? I think, yes. So to the average person, yes. But to me specifically, like I need constant engagement. And if I don't have it from my work, I'll find it in something else. And so- That's why you got to work. You need to, you need a workstation- or that I need had, medication. Well, well, <laughs> well. Hear me out. I didn't finish. Yeah, uh, you need a workstation where you have built in a flashlight, like an automatic flashlight, yeah, yeah into the desk. So that you're just would sitting calm there. you down, dude. You need to you're jerk. Just you need to jerk off more. Dude. Yeah, man. You just no. Get, you don't move. No, the, the, no, no, the no, mechanism. The mechan- moves yeah, for you. it just oh, okay. attaches the table and it just milks you while you work, dude. Have you ever done that? No, I, like, have you ever gone? Have you ever, have have you ever been milked? No, 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 no. I mean, like, are, have you ever been fucking scattered and then just been like, I'll just jerk it and see how I feel? Because I bet you would really, uh, yes, like, and idle come down to a nice idol. But, but the the worst thing is, so it's like, um, like I give another example that's not jerking off, but like same sort of idea is like cleaning your kitchen, <laughs> like. I mean, dude, you got a me. VR head. Very different, very different things. Getting jerked <laughs> off and cleaning your kitchen are very different things. Now, if you were cleaning your kitchen <laughs> while you were fucking uh, a sex doll, right? Right. Now we're getting back <laughs> to the flesh. Right back to it. Right. right. Or the, might as well just use a VR headset at that point. Why can't I just have sex with my girlfriend? Dude, that's a well, totally I mean, that, different that, activity. That, that, then, she, then she's not going to be able to work. <laughs> I mean, is jerking off? She's just, she's is, just fucking you is, your whole workday. That's that's selfish. Now, riddle oh, me this. Yeah, it's got to go on. The riddle whole me time. this. Yeah, that's you need saying. to have you need to have a flashlight that's just going yonk yonk. Now, yonk, riddle me yonk, this. We've come a long time. way. We've come a long way from the aging population <laughs> of Japan. But but uh, but before we but before we get back to those sweet sweet people, we're not. Yeah. That was over. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is over. Jerking off and having sex with another human being 
like they're two totally different activities. Yeah, like yeah, I don't yeah. even see them as the same. Like I, there's a, there's a, a, there's a clear divider between the two activities. I mean, they're both sex. I know. I know. But they're I, have, I have a question though. Yeah. If you, if, if, uh, if you're, if you guys, if your partners want to have sex and you've just jerked off, are they disappointed? And if you're, if you're not like, if you've just jerked off and you're like, I don't think I can. No, I just keep right it. I'd keep it to myself. What? Wait, how I just you wouldn't say I just wouldn't say that I jerked off and I and I and I I just wouldn't volunteer that information. You just be like I'm not in the mood right now or you go we anyway. went we got messy yesterday or you, or you just go yeah sure but how about instead of like P and V I'll just go down on you like 69 uh, uh no no 69 365 you drive that blood down there you, you, you get just, a bone yeah, and you exactly. just go. Brian, okay. we had messy yesterday yeah. at like five o'clock. Yeah. Mezza, okay? folks, is a restaurant. It's a restaurant. Uh, we had food case. yesterday. Brian and I got brought food yesterday. Yes. I went home. Kyla had dinner basically ready. Same, exact same scenario. I said nothing. Yeah. I said nothing. Did you eat it? I didn't no, say, he just, he fucked her. I didn't say, <laughs> I didn't say, I didn't say I'm not hungry. I didn't say I'm not hungry. And I didn't say I just ate. I just went. Oh my god! Amazing, and I just ate. I I, I never. And I was remarkably. Uh, I, I never. And I was remarkably. We Remarkably full. Go. I never lie to Maddie. It's six fifty three. Uh, but she called me yesterday, and she was like, uh, she was like, uh, "I'm hungry. Are we gonna get dinner?" And I was standing there waiting for the food, <laughs> and I was like, "I'm good. I just ate." <laughs> I was like, "Oh man." See, oh, I was I, a, I was a better partner in that scenario. Well, well um, you, you uh, also lied. <laughs> no, I, omi- I, om- I omitted. <laughs> That's right. There's a difference. Uh, look, we gotta we gotta wrap here because Brian, you got a meeting. Um, uh, before we <sighs> wrap it up, uh, I've got a wicked what the health, but we're gonna save it for next week. Um, and uh, we've got a little uh, a little thing, a little sort of promo to put out here. Uh, we had a, a wonderful gentleman by the name of Nelson uh, who wrote us from out in West Vancouver. Uh, it's all about uh, his son Oliver. Uh, who's taking part in a CF school walkathon. So our son Oliver has cystic fibrosis and his school, St. Anthony's in West Vancouver, is hosting a fundraising 5K walkathon on June 10th. That's today. Um, on behalf of a lot to walk. Yeah, yeah, on behalf of Cystic Fibrosis Canada. Um, there's a link here, which I'm going to include in the show notes. Uh, so you can uh, donate if you want to be a part of that. Uh, we would be very grateful if you could just make reference to this or give it a shout out on your upcoming podcast. This would be the first ever school walkathon in BC to do this for CF Canada. And so far, we've raised $12,000 and counting. We are That's anticipating awesome. the participation of 300 to 500 students, staff, and parents. We're going to have press coverage from the North Shore News, and we are trying to secure the participation of the local MP, MLA, and mayor. And uh, so there you go. Check out the link in the show notes here if you want to be a part of, uh, you know, uh, helping us find a cure for cystic fibrosis and and giving Oliver a little a uh, little bit of a a, a shout out and uh, and and rooting him on for his five k walk. Go C- Oliver. CF uh, CF Canada must be doing like a, a nationwide push right now because I heard uh I heard a CF uh, ad on the radio oh, for yeah. like getting CF. Sweet. I mean, it was really. Get CF. Like, it's a good time. It, it was like Tricaft is out now. It was like it was like Tricafta out you, now. It was like, do you want your child to have a fatal disease? Like it was, it was pretty radio. They go yeah. hard, man. Yeah. Do you CF Canada? I've I've always kind of had a, a gripe with this, but CF Canada, they go hard on the like guilt trip with, with their with their promos. I, I get it. I get it. They you, were know, like, you show you show a kid works. you show a kid drowning. You know and they, they go, said this could be your you know, kid. You know what it was? It was actually a better Dark. ad for genetic testing. Because they were like, they were like, you know who's walking around with uh, the CF gene? 
you one in five people yeah, you and you and yeah. so and you know what happens when two people with the cf gene fuck they probably have a yeah. cf kid yeah. and i was like whoa yeah <laughs> this is crazy that's, true. that's that's how i ended up the way i am <laughs> uh, folks thanks for you tuning don't want in. a kid like this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks for showing up folks uh we love doing this every friday um and as always we're putting out episodes mondays wednesdays and fridays and if you want to support the podcast you can leave a rating and review on apple podcasts or you can leave a rating on the spotify mobile app and uh if you want to support further come join our discord uh we've got fun conversations happening every single day over there uh, hundreds of our listeners are uh, running that little community that we built up and it's been a real blast. So uh, check out the discord link in the show notes as well. And uh, thanks. Thanks again for supporting the podcast. We love you all. And if you want to send us a, you know, that was a, that, you know, that's a, that's a great little letter that we just got. And I'm sure there's i I'm sure there's a thousand of those uh, things going on. So if you want to let us know about a cool event, that's raising money to help uh, kick a stupid fucking disease to the curb, then let us know. Letters at sickboypodcast.com. And if you want to be a guest on the show, go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact and fill out the form. And thanks as always to the folks that make this show happen. A huge shout out to Rich O'Coin for the theme music and to Jeff Lonis, our manager. We couldn't do this without you. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.